Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I have Katie Cordova on the line. Is that how you pronounce it? It is. Okay. And she is the director for Broke Man's Running. And we are here to talk about trail running and all things um, about that and Broke Man's and being a director and what that means to you. But before we get into that stuff, I like to ask everybody kind of what what got you into running to begin with? Like, what is your story behind what what drew you into that sport? Oof. All right, so I was not a uh, natural-born runner. I didn't start really running until um, I was in my early to mid-20s. I did track and cross-country in middle school because I always thought running was really cool, and I tried it out, and then I realized very quickly that I was, like, the worst runner. I was that person um, in cross-country who was dead last, like, dead last. But... You know, so I did it for like a year, maybe in middle school, and then didn't even think about it then. Um, and then when I joined the military, I was in the army, and we had to run a little bit in the army. And then when I was deployed overseas, I really got into it. I um, there's not a lot; you get a lot of free time when you're deployed right. overseas. Where were you at? And so, I well, when I was deployed, I spent a year in Iraq. Okay. Back in back in 2004. Oh wow. Um, so I had yeah, so I had a lot of free time and. I started running then, and I just remember really feeling connected to running long distance and listening to, like, music right. and just, like, thoroughly enjoying that. What was your, um, so what then was when your... I got back uh, from Iraq, yeah. I, uh, got, uh, I got married. I got in a relationship, and I got married, and it was a horrible relationship. And oh, so man. when I got divorced, I started running again. I um, was going through a really, really hard time with it. I was 22, 23 years old. And I couldn't figure out how to cope very well. And so I just started to run. I knew I needed something to do. And so I just went out and just kept going. You know, I still, I still wasn't very good. Right. But I just, but it was like, it, it was like it, therapy I, for you. Like you got out, you got your absolutely. thoughts. You kind of like could go comb through your thoughts and it was peaceful. That's how I feel yeah. like it is. It's very peaceful to me to run outside. It is. Yeah. I, always outside, always with music. And it was kind of the, the only way I could figure out how to like cope with the into it. Yeah. Now does now when you when did you get remarried? I well, so I um, left my ex husband when I was twenty one, and then I met my husband now, who I've been with for eleven years, um, when I was twenty three. Okay. I, is when I met him. Yeah. Now, was it through running that you guys met, or something totally different? No, we met at a bar. Okay, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not uh, through running at all. I love those stories because they always say you'll never meet your husband in a bar, but that is not true. <laughs> oh, like the most impractical situation, like at a bar after like drinking all day at an OSU game, like we just randomly like had a group of friends together and oh, you wow. wouldn't think that would like go well, but yeah, it worked out really well. <laughs> no, obviously. I mean, 11 years later and you guys have how many children? Yeah. We have uh, we have four. We have four kids, three together, one for my ex-husband, and then we have a um, we're foster parents, so we also have a foster child. So we have five in our house right now. Now, on top of all that, you're the director of this um, running. We call it a running company. Is that what the best way to put it? That's what I call it. A a, club, a, really? I call it a running company. You could define it more as like a racing company since we put on events for our business. Now, what brought you to do that? Like, what about racing? I know. Explain a little bit about what what the philosophy is behind Brokeman's and then we can talk about like why you chose to go that route versus getting involved in like conventional 
you know, um, big city racing type stuff where, you know what I mean, getting involved in those types of organizations. Mm -hmm. Like, what made you decide to go in a more small business type route? Like, what was it you saw and what what drove you to do that? Well, it kind of each have totally through my phone. It kind of each have its own, you know, reason why I do very specifically what I do. Um, And part of it is just career and part of it is passion. Um, I started Broke Man's Running uh, back in 2013. So I had been running for a few years and I was getting really good and I was getting all for me and I was getting really interested and I just, I was just in love with running, but I was super broke, like really broke. Right, right. We we had our first kid, me and my husband had our first kid together. So I was just staying home and I had the two kids at home and he was working just kind of wherever he could. And I was feeling really um, unmotivated because while I was good at just going out, like I had self-motivated reasons for running, which mm-hmm. was kind of my yeah. mental health. Yeah. But I was lacking like what to do. Like, what, what do I do, do today? It? Do I run yeah. three? Do I run five? Yeah. And so I was like, I want to sign up for a race. I love the idea of goal setting of, you know, putting together a plan and looking forward to the future and all that stuff. And I was like, I want to sign up for a race. I want to push myself. I want to train for something. And everything was so expensive. Yes, and I looked and I looked and I was like, I like, I literally can't afford to do these events. Right. And I right. was, I was frustrated. Um, and so I think I was just like, you know, there needs to be another option. And I was always kind of a self-motivated person. Um, you know, if there wasn't a way, then I, I created a way typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I need there to be something else out there. So I am going to put on a race called the Broke Man's Half Marathon. And it, I wanted to be half marathon specific because I was really into longer distance running. Yeah. And I wanted it to be, at this point in time, I just wanted something. So it's free. It was more of a fun run concept. And I was like, I just want to do this. We're going to call it the Broke Man's Half Marathon. And it's going to be the anti, you know, race race. race. And so I put it on um, in May 2013. Yeah, May 2013. And fun run. It was free. I went out and set up a course and a water stop. Now, did you you have to get any kind of like permission or did you have to... So for this, not for this event because... um, it was like total fun run. Like we met at a bar. Wow. I put, you know, some cones and course markings down. That's so fun. And like a table with water. And that oh was my it. gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and we didn't charge for it. So there was no like official ticketing. Like it was completely like show up and let's just do a fun run thing. So we didn't go through permitting or anything at all. I had like a free website that you could just click to to find like who, what, where, when, why. And oh, that wow. was it. Oh my gosh, how exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, and then I did that and I really, like, I really enjoyed doing that. I really liked getting people motivated and putting together the course and just like everything to do with the race aspect. And I was like, that was really fun. And at this time I was, I was kind of working. I was a yoga instructor and I taught fitness classes. So I had like a part time job and I had two kids. And so, because, and I was like, I really loved doing this. I want to do this. I want to do this more. I'm going to try to find a job as the race director. And so this is the reason why I don't do the big city, you know, event, why I went small business, small company was because I was like, I'm going to find a job as a race director. Yeah. And so I went out and looked everywhere and it turned out that I had no experience in race directing (laughs) and people wouldn't take my little fun run as, you know, 
experience in race directing, right? And so I was having a really hard time, like, getting, I I was like, I want to work in running. I know I want to work in running. I know my heart's in race directing, but I don't want to work retail. I don't want to go to a store. You know, I couldn't do that with the kids, and I just have zero desire to stand in one now, spot is that what it, is that what you have to be a part of in order to get involved? Like, do you have to work for like Columbus Running Club or something like that? Is that to kind get of into pre- like race directing? Yeah, is that kind of a prereq for that? You need a, well. So I've applied for other race directing jobs in the past, and one, they just want experience. It doesn't necessarily matter with who or what. And two, they want typically a degree, yeah. and then you know, like. 10 plus years like big experience because with race directing there are entry-level positions it is very much a head of you know ceo type of position like it's very big when it comes to like being it being in charge yeah there's not entry like everything that's entry level or is different positions okay i wanted very specifically the race director position and so it was i mean there's just not a lot of positions out there so if you worked for a company like Columbus Running Company, they do put on races, so that is a way, you know, right. to do it. But again, you need lots of experience. Those jobs are very few and far between I because bet. there's just one guy that does it, you know. Right. So I was having a hard time finding a job, and so, but then one day uh, in September of 2013, I was on Craigslist, eh. and I found a job for a regional race director on Craigslist, oh, and I wow. was like. That can't be real. You know, it's Craigslist. Yeah. And so, but I applied. I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply and see. And I ended up um, out of nowhere getting the job. And so I was hired, this company that worked out in Las Vegas, they were hiring a regional race director. They were, um, the goal was that they were putting on a nationwide event, Veterans Day event. Okay. And they needed somebody in Ohio. So I was in charge of four Veterans Day races in Ohio for this company that was out in Las Vegas. And now, so they had you, them all over the place. Now is this company this still one year. is this company still around or is this I don't that, think so. Okay. Okay. So I've looked um I've looked online to see if they're still around. I can't find any information. Okay. Even, you know, social media or anything. So I don't think they exist anymore. Right. Um but it was legit. They flew us out to Las Vegas. Wow, and we fun. had like all the regional people. Yeah, it was a blast. And I got a job as a race director and it was amazing. And then it ended up being like the worst like 10 weeks of my life <laughs> going from this yeah. company to putting on this event. Right. And they ended up after the event happened and it wasn't because of the race directing position. It was because of the company that I worked for. Okay. So after the Veterans Day race that they put on, um, they ended up getting rid of everybody except for like the people that were in Las Vegas. Okay. And so that was kind of like, I call call that a contract job at this point because it was done after the veterans day race. So it was, it was a horrible company and a horrible experience just because of what I went through. Mm -hmm. However, it really showed me that that is what I wanted to do with my life. And so I went back and I was like, okay, I need to find a job. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I applied and I applied. And again, there's not, there's like four race director jobs. Really, there is, yeah. Like nationwide that are, you know, hiring. So um, I didn't get anything, obviously, because I didn't have experience, the experience they were looking for. And I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start my own business then. Like if no one will hire me, I'll just do it myself. So I put on the Broke Man's Half Marathon again. In okay. 2014. Yep. And then this time I just did it a little bit differently. 
And I actually, you know, I actually got a permit and I actually right. charged registration fees and kind of made it an official race. And that's what kind of, that went really well. Um, and by really well, like 150 people showed up our first year. That's a um, lot. Which that I was, is actually a lot. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was super happy with. Yeah. Um, and then from that year forward, I decided to make it a full-time job. And I've been doing it full-time time since 2016. Now, you got, now, that was originally a road race, correct? Yeah, so we, we call them, you know, bike path races. But it you was know, paved? Use the term. Yeah, I call them paved. I call them paved races, you know, because to put on a road race, people typically think that they're in the road. Yeah. Um, so we just call them paved, you know, bike path races. Now, what made they, you transition over to, like, I know you do also a lot of, um, well, how many races do you do now, like, total for the over the course of the year? You start with one. I don't. I don't know, and oh, I should okay. have looked this up. No, that's um, fine. <laughs> I think we did 12. Okay, that's like one a month. That's quite a lot. Yeah, we have some. So, like, November, we have three. Okay. Uh, but then October, we don't have any. So, you know, so some months are a little heavier than others, and then some months we we can break. Now, what's your most popular race to date? Like, right now, what what was the one that draws the most the most participants? The most participants, I would say, is our winter warm-up that we do, which is like the second or third week, Sunday in January. Yep. Um, that, do, that definitely drives the most people. I've done I that I don't one. know if it's the most, yeah, I don't know if it's the most popular just because some, in a, you know, as it is, just because some of them we, we cap, you know, at okay. very small registrations. Yeah. And so some of them are really well-liked and really real, well-received. They're just smaller at, in their nature. Yeah. The winter warm-up definitely drives the most people. Um, I think it's just a lack of options in January in Ohio. Yeah, no kidding. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. I'm always like, when is somebody over here going to get a marathon in December? Like, I need a cold weather marathon. Yeah, <laughs> I love running. Like, I'm currently training for a ultra in May, okay. and I need to go do some long-distance running in the middle of winter. And I would love to find some races that I could go participate in, you know, that are half marathon and over. Right. But they're just... Unless I want to go to Florida, right? Which I don't. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, there's there's nothing in Ohio. Now you said ultra. So what what that was? I kind of mentioned it earlier. What transitioned you from? I know you're a big avid trail runner. You love that. Like what drew you from I the do. road? Yeah. What drew you from the primarily the roads and let's say bike trails to actually being out in the wilderness and climbing and hiking and doing all that stuff? I guess if I had a choice, well, I don't know. It's kind of twofold because I can't say I'm a trail runner or a road runner by nature. I just, I love both very much. They both have very specific purposes. Okay. I think it's harder to trail run in Columbus yes. just because there's no trails here. You have to like, drive far, yeah. I have to drive at least 30 minutes yep. just to get to like a moderate trail. Yep. And if I want to do a real trail, I'm, I'm driving in an hour. And so... It's just not feasible right. on a regular basis for me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very difficult. But you do, you, so you, yeah. you love them both equally. And you said you mentioned that you're training for an ultra. What drew you out of the st standard, you know, 13.1, 26.2 distance? Like what drew you to ultra running? I guess to see what's next. You know, I think there's, you can only try so many things mm -hmm. before you, I, you know, in my heart, right. before you want to see what, you can do at the next one, you know, you go from the progression, I think most people from 5k to 10k to half to full. And then 
I found that I just love running fools. Like, I love the 26.2-mile distance. Yeah. However, I had never trained for an ultra before. So maybe I would feel that way about running 30, you know, 30, 31 miles. Right. Um, plus, I had a coupon. So <laughs> me being the thrifty person that I am when it comes to running, I volunteered at a race, and I had a coupon code for this race so it cost me like 10 bucks now what race so are you, like, what race are you training for this one's called thunder bunny i've, and it, I've seen it in, online i've totally seen it online yeah and it's um in may it's early may so the weather you know i hate running spring races but that's when this one is and um southeast ohio kind of area okay and you're going for the i don't know the park you're going for the 50k yeah, that's as far as they do in that particular okay. race. Okay. It's and like what, a twelve it's like a twenty five and a fifty. Okay. And what are you what do you what training plan are you using? Are you developing your own? Um, uh, I'm kind of developing my own, which I was actually doing this morning. Because <laughs> um, I have one that I pulled up, but I also need to tailor it because yeah. I run my long runs on weird days and yeah. you know, work around kids yep, yep. and just my overall fitness level. So I kinda took a regular training plan and, you know, did some switching and things like that. Now, you just put on an ultra that I attended. I didn't actually finish the 50K, unfortunately, but you just did one the day after Thanksgiving. Can you talk a little bit about about that race? I love that race. Um, it's called the Broke Man's Opt Outside Trail Run is what we call it. Um, it's a race that takes place on Black Friday, so it's the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, REI came out with that Opt Outside movement about five years ago where people, you know, should go outside on Black Friday as opposed to shopping. And that was kind of something that was always in the mission statement of our business anyways. Um, if you go to any of our races, we are, I call them like trail runs for road racers because a lot of them are on these bike paths and things yeah. like that. But we have much more of a trail run vibe right. where, you know, you're not going to get a lot of swag and fanfare and free stuff, uh, but you're going to have a great run and you're going to get the essentials and you're going to meet great people. So, you know, the opt outside concept always um, really stuck to me. So I was like, well, we should do this. Like we yes. should do something for the opt outside day. And so the first year I, we just like encouraged people to go out to Lake Hope and run the trails. And then we made some chili and had some food. There was no ticket there was no official registration process or course or anything we we're just like we're going to be her cooking food at this time yeah go outside hike with her family come back have some food afterwards um so that was the first year and i really liked that but because my business is this concept you know i have to make money doing it and so uh -huh. i was like you know what let's make this official mm -hmm. and so then we came out with the trail run um i grew up like literally since I was a baby um, going to Lake Hope State Park. Oh, wow. And so I was like, let's go Let's go here. Let's put on this race. Um, I'll go out and do a course. What, you know, what should the distance be? So it's a 16, it's about a 17-mile loop, depending, you yes. know, on how you run it. <laughs> so, so true. You know, so true. <laughs> depending, on, depending on how you run the course. Depending on how many you times lost. you miss a turn. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, let's just do this course. And then if people want to loop it once or twice or three times, then they can. And that's how we got it to be an ultra distance is that it's just a loop of a course. Now, how would, how many people would you say, you know, what does it average in terms of attendees on, on that day? We average between, I think, 70 and 90 each year. Um, we're very small. I think it's just um, 
it's hard because it's a Friday a right. lot of, and because it's a holiday. Yeah. A lot of people are either out of town with family or they have family at their house and they can't leave or they have to work because it's a Friday. So we had a lot of um, issues with people being able to get down on that specific day. But I think the people that can make it down and have a good time. Now, having grown, having grown up there and knowing that park, were you... What would you say? I think I think I was shocked mostly at the difficulty level because I obviously I'm from Columbus and there aren't a lot of trails here. Oh yeah. And so I thought, oh, it's going to be like leafy and dirt. You know, you, if you get on, let me just say, I did a lot of, <laughs> I did a lot of video research on trail running and I watched a ton of all these pro runners and those trails that they run on <laughs> that I was watching outside of UTMB or something where there's sections where it's really rocky. Majority mm-hmm. majority are like kind of groomed. That I saw. Yes. Well, and, and it depends these are not, on. Yeah, these are not groomed trails. This is like raw. You're stepping on roots. You're step. There's, there's, you know, like I think I mentioned in, um, in like a, a post I had on Instagram that you know it was for me anyways very difficult to to uh, manage the terrain because I wasn't used to that. Yeah, this particular park, um, it's kind of twofold. So like on one end, it's. Very natural. So, I mean, there's a trail there, but you've got, like, there's a lot of pine trees, you know, and so when you get a lot of pine trees, you get a lot of roots. And so that's one aspect of it. It's also very hilly. Um, but another thing is just the time of year. So if you would have run that trail a month ago, it would have been, you would have had a lot more success, I think, because the leaves were still in the trees. Yeah. But the day after Thanksgiving, all of the leaves have fallen. I think yes. all the leaves fall like the second weekend in November. And so, and since you're in the middle of the woods right. in Ohio, like right. it's just covered. It like is, you yeah. can't like a even see the trails. No. Yeah, yeah. It's like a blanket. So I think just the time of year adds more difficulty because you can't actually see the trail. Now it's hard for me because I've run that trail so many times. Right. You know, yeah. I know where to turn because I of even, a tree. Yeah. And I even feel better walking away from after one loop going, okay, if I did that again, I would know better yeah. where to turn. I would understand what I was facing. I would know better how to pace and like when to hike and when to run and, you know, that sort of thing. And I, and I tell people about me and they're like, what are your suggestions? You know, I tell anybody that wants to do a trail run, if it's possible, it's not possible for everybody, but to go down to the course. Yeah. Run at one time if you can. You know, if you're not local, obviously it's a little harder. But I think sometimes people tend to, and I don't know how your training plan was, but I think yeah. sometimes people tend to go into trail races a little blind, either yeah. not running that course or not really running a lot of trails. Yeah, I did. You get a lot of people no. that come down and, and don't run trails very often or only run, let's say, high banks here in Columbus, which is a very manicured trail. Yep. Like, and they're going to, it's going to be hard for yeah, them. It was, it's not going to be easy the first time. But if you come back the second year, you're going to, uh, yeah, you're, like you said, you're going to have a plan. I know this hill I should walk up, but this hill I could run because you go downhill afterwards, you know, so things right, like that. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think that experience is key there. Do you see more, um, do you see people come back every year or is it just like a one and done? A lo- well, <laughs> depends on the person. Right. A lot of people do come back um, for this particular event because of the holiday and because of the type of event it is. We get a lot of, because you kind of have to come out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. A lot of people do make a, a an annual tradition of it for sure. Um, 
and you see a lot of people that come come back because you know they want to they want to beat what they did the year before maybe it beat them up or they signed up for two loops and only did one and or signed up for three and only did two and so you do see a lot of people come back that want to challenge themselves yes on this particular race i think there was a lady that um told me she was in the 50k group and i saw her and she said that she didn't make it the first year so she was coming she got lost or something and then she came back Mm -hmm. and she still didn't she still didn't do the two loops i think we we ran into (laughs) each other and i think my concern obviously was lack of experience and being out there kind of by myself ish, you know, cause it was a small group yes. and then, yeah. um, and then not having a headlamp and realizing, Oh wow, it's going to get dark and I don't really want to mm-hmm. be stuck out there by myself. So I sort of made the suggestion that like, if you're going to do that, that particular ratio, you, know, you might want to have a buddy to do it with and a headlamp and give yourself extra time. Cause it's not going to be a fast course. Would you, would you agree with yeah. that to some extent? Yeah, I definitely think with trail running, you have to be prepared for longevity. You know, if you think of a road race, you're just like, I'm going to run this, I'm going to be done. And and you have more support. Right. You're out in the middle of nowhere for 17 miles, which can take some people, take people anywhere between, you know, just under three hours to, we have people out there for over six hours. Yeah. I, I, I told every every person that was worried about their loved ones coming in, I was like, we don't get worried <laughs> until you're out there past seven hours. Right. Because some people, it just beats them up and they end up just walking. And then, yeah, you're out there by yourself and it can be kind of intimidating because you have to get back in. So you have to prepare with water and food and headlamps. And you have to, if something goes wrong, you have to make sure that, you can get yourself back in and things like headlamps, even an extra pair of socks or an extra goo you wouldn't have brought. Right. Like if you're out there for an extra two hours, you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. I think that's something that everyone should hear because I think if you're like me and you're totally novice to trail running, you, I got, I went out there with the bare minimum and thankfully you guys had some aid stations set up, but I mean, I would, I definitely am going to do it again just for the mere fact that I want to prove to myself I can do it. And I think I learned a lot and I think I have a better understanding yeah. of what I'm facing and I'll be more ready the next time. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, some of the other girl, I think there were three women in our group and none of us did the two, finish the two loops. So hopefully maybe I'll see, uh, those ladies back for another, another go at it next year. Yeah. A lot of people, I would say their first year, underestimate what they're getting into and don't finish the goal they're set out to be. But a lot of people do come back. um, And those people tend to, to get it done the second year. Now what's your, you did the chili and the grilled cheese. What, what made you guys decide to do that? I want to just point out to everyone that not only are there aid stations set up with like all the best snacks, chips, pretzels, pickles, candy, you know, was it Kool-Aid water I mean, just we do tang. tang yeah. yeah, it's all there, which is awesome considering what a small race it is. It is cup free. So explain that as well. Your races are cup free. So, I'm going to digress a little we bit. We do. Yeah, we do cup free for all of our events. Um, and that's also kind of twofold. So the reason that we do cup free is we, we don't want a lot of content. We all as possible uh, and that comes with everything that we supply uh, we either uh, so we don't provide cups but we also don't provide like give cheap giveaways and we don't provide like we even don't provide free t-shirts for our events like your t-shirts are paid for because we want to make sure that you 
want your t-shirt and you're not going to just take it and throw it in the trash or the thrift store or something like that. We just, we want to make sure everything has a purpose. So one, um, so we do cup free because we just want to make sure that you're thinking about what you're putting into. And a lot of people come self-supported. A lot of people are doing all their training runs with a water bottle or with a backpack or something like that. And so they're already kind of used to that concept. Me, when I run like the Columbus Marathon, I carry my own stuff on me because I don't want to wait for a hydration station. I know what my fueling needs are. And so I come self-supported because that's what I like to do. Um, And I like to encourage people to self-support because I think it kind of gives you a – a sense of responsibility in what you're doing. But then the other reason that we do cup free is because we are a lower staffed race. Um, we don't tend to have a lot of volunteers at our race. Um, we have essential volunteers for registrations and things like that at the, at the race start and finish, but we don't tend to have a lot of volunteers. And so it's impractical for us to put out a water station with a ton of cups right. because Who's no one's going to be it? manning that yeah. station. <laughs> Who's going to clean it? I did it the, yeah, who's gonna who's gonna make sure? So the first year, first race we put on, um, the first legit actual race, I put out a water station and I went out there and I pre poured a bunch of cups and we didn't have any volunteer to man it and I came back to clean it up when the race was over and there were like cups everywhere. Like yeah. They flew everywhere. And I was like, There needs to be a different way for me to be able to reasonably do this. And so we provide um five gallon um you know, igloo coolers. And yeah. so they're full of water and Kool-Aid or whatever, what have you. And we just tell people, come bring whatever you want. Some people bring cups, like some people bring their own little cup. I've seen people run with the most interesting things. Yeah. Um, and they come and they fill them. And it's actually, I mean, this movement of cup free might seem silly to people because cups are such a small amount of waste, But still. you know, so it's like, is it necessary? However, it's really got people, the sense of responsibility thing, like it's really got people thinking. And now I run with people on training runs and they carry their own water. Um, I run with a company sometimes that puts out uh, coolers on their training runs and cups and stuff like that. And I see people carry a reusable cup with them, like because they get that, that, you know, one and done use of a cup on a training run. It's just, it's just something else that we could not use like it could not become trash well like it's not that hard to just carry a cup on you no and seriously though i've done some pretty big races like chicago and marine corps where the amount of cups that are being wasted it's Mm -hmm. literally it's literally covering you can't see this the concrete underneath your feet and it's hard though yeah and it's hard because i did a lot of i did a lot of research into the cup free concept before we went and i you know somewhere like the columbus or the chicago or anywhere over a thousand people it's it's unpractical to do a cup free concept yeah because you wouldn't be able to fill at those stations if you have five thousand right. people rolling oh, through true, them like true, it just true. doesn't make sense Very good you point. have to be yeah you have to have a cup ready just for time management purposes. So it works really well for these smaller companies that are coming through, these trail companies, anywhere that's kind of bringing in underneath, let's say, 800 runners, and they're in these longer-distance runs. There is a niche for the cup-free concept, um, and I think that my company is perfect for it. Yeah. Now, at the end, though, you guys put on quite a little, like, buffet of snack 
you know, it's like a snack food extravaganza at the end. If you're starving <laughs> after an ultra, like cause I, it took me four and a half hours to do the 17. Uh, it was ended up being like 17, almost 18 miles for me because I got lost a couple times. Um, and I, I know, and I, it's okay. I'll get it the next time. Um, I'll be back. I'll be back. But um, uh-huh. it, it, um, it was amazing. Like I was done, and you had this like hot chili for everybody, this vegan chili and the grilled cheese. Like what? What? You know, that's effort for you guys. You stand there and you're there till very late. Like what? Just what made? And it's just so thoughtful and so kind of you as the race director to stand there and make that food for everybody and make and ask everybody if they need anything and have all that stuff laid out for all of us because you don't really need to do that what what provoked that what brought that on for you like what motivated you to want to provide that well you know on one end nothing tastes better (laughs) than food outside (laughs) after running 18 miles like it's like I buy white bread and processed cheese, and people are like, "That's the this greatest is the thing best ever. grilled cheese I've ever had." <laughs> and I'm like, "It's yeah. really cheap and bad for you, but it tastes—it just tastes amazing." Oh yeah. And honestly, like it's not just a race, you know. Like it is a race, but you know, on the other end, like particularly with this event, is it's an experience. I understand people are taking their day. I understand that people are spending their money and they have driven two to 10 hours to get there. Yeah. And like they've put significant effort into attending this event. You know, it, it, it made it intentional and I really love creating an experience for them. You know, oh, yeah. like I said in the beginning, like I, I've known for a very long time that I've wanted to be a race director and it kind of comes with a lot of aspects, you know, and one is, is creating the actual event for people to come and run, but there's a lot more that goes into it. And sometimes it's the shirt that you get or the medal that you get or the course that you run. And in this particular event, the event is the whole day experience. You know, we want to encourage people to stay, have a snack, cheer on other runners. Like we make a fire, like there's a huge bonfire, you know, fire pit that we have out there. Like we people are allowed to bring beer to this event so it's kind of the vibe of this particular trail run and so food is a really important part of that and so we just like to provide a ton of food for people and hang out and cheer on runners and have a good time and bring your family with you like it's just part you know it's just part of the whole experience now what about the woodalls explain what those are we started so a woodall is a wooden metal um we started doing the woodalls because so the concept of our races is that they are low cost, like they are just cheaper to do. But we're kind of unique because the only way that we can actually get our races to be low cost is to do everything ourselves. Yeah. So we don't outsource a lot. Like, so for instance, we make our own metals. If I had to outsource for metals and buy them from a company that made metals in the traditional way that people do for races, it would cost me a ton of money Yeah. because metals are expensive. Yep. Like if you look at the metals that you get from these companies, they're insane and they're also very expensive. Right. And so the only way that I could charge people in the beginning $10 yeah. for a half marathon is if it cost me almost nothing to make the metals because there's also a ton of other expenses that go into the event. Yep. And so 
I said I need to spend under this amount of money to make a metal in order to charge people this much, right? And so we started making whittles. So my husband is a screen printer, so he's a graphic designer and a screen printer. Yes. Like, none of this could be done without him. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, we need to make something, and this is how much I need to spend. And we sat down, and we are like, what do we need to do? How do we make it be this much? And so we kind of came up with a plan, and so we screen print wood, and then we cut the wood down, and we turn them into metals, and then they become our woodles. They're our wooden metals. And they're unique because... We make them ourselves. Yeah, you know, we don't, so cool. Yeah. Now, do you? Now, does he do anything? Does he run as well? Your husband? My husband does not. He actually ran yesterday. <laughs> so, um, we when we met, he was a biker. Okay. He biked everywhere. Yeah. Um, he rode his bicycle like we do, and we're seven years old. <laughs> and I was, I really admired that. But I was a runner, and he was a biker. And so when we met, we started doing actually a lot of long-distance biking together. Okay. We've done some centuries. We've done some double-day rides, some really fun things like that that you can do when you don't have kids. Yeah, when um, you don't have kids. That's a key had, statement. Yeah. As, as we've had children, we <laughs> yeah. stopped doing that. Right. Um, so I got I started running when we met. Um, and so when we, when we were dating... I got him to train for a half marathon with me. How'd that so go? So the first half marathon, <laughs> we each ran, which is the Cap City Half Marathon. Okay. And I got him to train with me, and he did it, and he's, like, never run fence. So <laughs> I think he was really just trying to, like, woo me. Right. Um, but he, he, is, he actually went for a run the other day, and he's did um, a ching that maybe he should train for a 10k yeah uh, or something that's you know an achievable achievable distance so he's actually going to start trying to do that it's just not his cup of tea and it works out really well for me because he watches the kids yep while i run yeah my husband uh, ran in his 30s and now that we're in our mid i'm in my late 40s he's like i could never go back to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like i don't you know how you do it he's like i'm way too tired and sore to do that these days I mean, I'm definitely tired, yeah. but I, there's there's a passion there. There's a heart for it. And I and I they say now that the percentage of uh, runners, male to female, it's mostly women. Um, what do you think? What do you think the reason mm-hmm. is behind that? I think I don't know. You know, I don't know the real why behind it. Yeah. But I think that running is something that's manageable for women. Yeah. I also think it's social. It you know, is social. a lot of women love to meet up with other women and that's their bonding you know me as a mom you know i'm not necessarily interested in like going out often right like i'm probably in bed by 10 p.m most yeah, nights yeah. but i still crave social you know relationships with other women so where am i going to have those social relationships at and i think a lot of women were like let's just go run together and i think they find a bond in it so i think because racing has a um, puts a high stress on, like the the fluffiness, the fluffiness, like the theme of the event. Yeah, you know, um, they make it kind of destination. Yes. Like you get the medal and you get the swag, and this right. is an experience. It's very experiential yep. these days, That's as very opposed well said. to yeah. being yeah, as opposed to being just like. I'm running a half marathon. Like I'm training yeah. for a half marathon for the purpose of a half marathon. People are doing things like the hot chocolate run where yep. it's more about 
what you get in the event than it is about the running. Yeah, my husband so, always says that too. He says back when he did it, they didn't even have like the GPS watches. He's like, I yeah. don't understand all this crazy stuff you guys are doing. He's like, we just went out and ran. And like, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't understand like all the different workouts and stuff. He's like, we just went out and ran. He's like, we ran whatever we felt like running. We did, we built up our mileage and we did the race. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> and then we moved on. And that's kind of what broke man's is. Yeah. Like that's, that's where we come back into play because we, I realized that like, I'm the type of person I'm not going to run the hot chocolate run right. because it doesn't appeal to me, but I'm going to go run some random half marathon that is low cost and provides a good course and timing because I'm doing it for the running. But, you know, because most of these runs are more about the experience in the race, I think they attract uh, people that are doing it for the more social aspects and the people that are doing it to go away for the weekend or, you know, do something on a vacation and kind of plan a vacation around it. So I think that's where you get a lot of the women in it. Um, And I think women just like, it's a, it's a very practical form of fitness for women. Yeah. You know, you can, do it with kids you can do it without kids yep. you can do it quick you can do it long like it just works well now you have a um a women's retreat coming up in february can you talk a little bit about that and what got what got you started doing that so that was really just i you know i i desperately want to help women reach outside of running just for the experience and find like their their true heart in running and I want to find those women that bond with like the ruggedness of like the longer distances and the trails and the dirtiness and the muckiness you know all that of it the grittiness like the grind and I you know I want to connect those women I want to give them a way to meet other women that also like these things because I think sometimes we can feel like we're really weird and like nobody else likes this yeah until we come into these you know weekends or these races or whatever it may be that also you're like oh there's other women that are just like me and so you know with the trail running weekend specifically i wanted to embrace all things that are women and all things that are trail running and so we kind of just put together this little weekend where it's right next to a trail up in Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga valley national park and so we meet at this like really old farmhouse um that they've turned into like a group getaway cabin type of thing um, and we meet and we talk about trail running and everything that's unique to women and trail running and, um, just bond and eat and drink and play games and trail run and then do it all again. And I, it's funny cause the first, the first weekend, the first year we did it, yes. um, which I think is the year that, that first one. Yep. I and the first one. Yeah. And I don't think anybody there knew anybody. And that's really, I thought that was really special yep. because I was really nervous about putting on this event because I was like, great, I'm, you know, a race, you're, I'm busy. Like I'm doing stuff, I'm working. But like for this event, you're like going out to a cabin with a whole bunch of women that you don't, like I didn't know anybody. It wasn't like for my friends. You know, it wasn't like me putting on something for people I knew. I was like, I just want this to happen and I'm going to put it out there in the universe and I'm just going to see what's happening and I'm not yeah. going to know anybody and it could suck. <laughs> and we, and I think everybody else had that opinion going into that weekend because I don't think anybody went knowing anybody else before no, they started. No, I'd never done and, that before either. Like a weekend away with just women like that doing anything. That was yeah, my first like women's retreat. <laughs> Yeah. And we all went and it ended up being like, I, we literally still like see each other at races and we have that, um, you know, like a little Facebook page for just the women that have attended that event. And 
it was just, I, I had a blast. I was really, I was so thankful that, um, all these other women came out and took a chance to like have this community with other women. And I think we all kind of benefited from it. Now that's a Friday through Sunday and what weekend, if they want to register or look, you know, look for more information like that's, is it end of January through the first? Yeah. So this year, yeah, it kind of shifted up a little bit. So it's the first weekend in February. So now because the first weekend is so early, um, yep. it's like January 31st through February 2nd of this year. Now, um, it's up in Cuyahoga National, Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Now, where, do, where can they look if they want to get more information or register? If you go to our website, brokemans.com, and you, there's a link on there that has like all of our events. It says like, find our races. And if you click on that, it'll have a full calendar of all of our events. And that one just kind of pops up on the calendar, which is the best way to do it. Now, um, I wanted to mention also you, your next really long distance race. Is that the Mother's Day one? So we do a couple. Um, so, yeah, so we have a half marathon in January. We do a half marathon in March. Um, we do a half marathon in April. And so the next one that has a full marathon in it, and I'm just trying to think because I think that's correct. The next one that has a full marathon in it is in May. And that's Broke, and that's the Broke Babes Marathon. And the, where is that held? So that one we did last year, we've done it the past couple of years at Ariel Foundation Park, which is actually out in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Okay. And yeah. we picked, we picked that specific location. One, cause the park is really cool. It's a very unique little, have you been there? I have not gone that yet. Park? It's a really cool park. It was like this old glass factory where they made glass. Oh, wow. And then it was like abandoned for a really long time. And then they turned it into a city park. Okay. So it's got this like really unique vibe to it. And plus they were one of the few places that would let me put on the marathon distance because that was really important to me to be able to put on a full marathon distance. And so we couldn't do that here in Columbus. And so I had to come out of Columbus to find a place that we could do that at. And so Ariel, uh, Ariel Foundation was welcoming to us great. and they've been really great. And so we put that, we put that on there every year. And I want to state that it's not that far. So <laughs> people coming from Columbus, right. you know, it's, it's not a far drive. I think people get a little iffy about coming in. Um, but if you're coming in from Columbus, it's not too bad. If you're coming in from like Cincinnati, it's kind of far. So I encourage people to come check it out because the park is really cool. Um, and the, and the race is really cool. Now it is, um, tell everybody it's, when does registration open up for that? And it, what day is it? So it's on mother's day weekend. I wish I could tell you the date that is, it's typically like the 12th, 13th, 14th kind of thing. It's always the second Monday okay. um, in May, or I'm sorry. It's always the Sunday in May that falls around that little, that date. So it's the okay. Sunday of mother's day. So it's always on mother's day. Um, it's not a it's not a race specific towards mothers. It's just kind of a women oriented day, and so I thought that would be a fun day to put it on. It is a women's only event, though, so men cannot register for this race. Um, they can volunteer. They can volunteer. Okay. They can yeah. They can they can come. They can cheer people on. They can you know pass out water to all the women running the race. But we felt really strongly about making this a women's only event. Um, not a women's focused event, but a women's only event because there are a lot of women out there that don't feel comfortable running around men for whatever right. reason that may be for them. That's personal to them. You know, that doesn't matter to me. We just really wanted to create this event as like a 
safe space for women. Like, I've had women in me, like, I don't feel comfortable or I've just, a lot of people are very nervous runners in general because a lot of people are scared to to run because they're scared of being judged. They're scared of being out there, like bouncing around for five hours, four hours, whatever it may be. And, you know, this kind of just gives women less of a worry. Like we just take an aspect away out of it. And so, um, we just made this women's only and we do the full marathon distance for this one because again, I don't feel like there's a lot of options out there for women for these women's only longer distance. Like anything that's a woman's only event, one probably isn't women's only. It's just women's focus. Yeah. But two, it like stops at a 10 K yeah. and yes. it has like a guy, it has a guy giving you a bottle of wine at the end. Yeah. And that's fine for like what that is. Yeah. But we, Again, I want women to feel like they're empowered for like the physicality that is running, like the long distance, the grittiness, the dirtiness, like running for what it is at its core. Like we want women to go celebrate that, not celebrate, you know, running a few miles and getting a bottle of wine. Like that's okay. And that has its place. And, you know, I'm not knocking that. I just think there should be another option for people. And so we provide women with that option. Now, is that a trail race as well? That one's not. So that one, so all the other ones, the only trail race that we actually put on right now is the opt-out side one. Okay. Again, because it's just harder for us to go out and do trail races because they're not in Columbus. And so we have to be pretty strategic about where we put them on at. Um, not saying it won't be in the future, but that's the only trail race we actually put on. And then we have the trail running weekend that we do. Um, but this one is a, you know, a, you say a bike path race, right. it's kind of a mix between like, like roads and bike path. path. Yeah. Like a paved race. Or they're, yeah. They're yeah. stroller friendly. Like, okay. you know, you can, you know, you could do this with, you know, any type of experience, uh, very flat course, that kind of stuff. Okay. Now, as we wrap things up, I have a few like final questions for you. One okay. of which is what are some personal goals with running that you have yet to achieve and what are you working toward? Um, I have a lot of personal goals. I guess the, the biggest one is to not get injured. Ah, <laughs> I've yes. been. I, I love, I, like, I love running just for <laughs> running. And I have, so I've had, I have four babies, you know, four children. And I, as I've been having, my, my youngest is 11 months old. And so as I've been having kids, I've ran five, so I've ran five full marathons, but I've done multiple of those like back to back with pregnancies. Yeah. And while that was really fun at the time, <laughs> um, it kind of beat my body down a little. Oh, for sure. And so after, after I had my now four-year-old, I ended up having to take a couple years off for, because of injury. And so my number one goal, like right now, is to be able to run and not get injured. And I'm Absolutely. doing really well at that. But then my outside personal goal is is to just run a lot. It's hard to say I want to run a 50-miler. I want to do this. My goal is to just really, like, experience running. I want to go out and I just want to run trails and I want to meet friends and yeah. I want to push my pace and I want to just kind of take my personal running journey to the next level. You know, I want to run a sub eight and I want to run a this, I don't know. So it's not necessarily race specific because I feel like races are hard 
because sometimes I get injured and sometimes I get pregnant and sometimes right. I can't do them. So all of pregnant. my, yeah, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes. So all of my, you know, all of my personal goals are just to kind of push myself to the next limp, you know, the next limit of mileage per week or pace or right. new place to go run or friend to go run with without, um, without getting injured. Now, if you had to pick a running hero and just one, who would it be and why? Oh, that's hard. Ah. Um, okay, so this is, I don't know if it's a cop-out answer, but my dad is the reason I got into running. Um, I always, he was a runner growing up. He died uh, 11 years ago, and he, I just always, like, growing up, I found him being a runner to be just so cool. Like, he made running look cool. He made running feel cool. Like, I just thought that he was such an amazing person for being a runner. Uh, and he was so really just him. It wasn't about, you know, anything fancy or fluffy. Right. You know, he would just put on a pair of shorts and Do go for a thing. run. And that oh, was gosh, it. Yeah. I know so many yeah. people like that. And and it's pretty amazing when it's yeah. just about the running to them, kind of like my husband, you know, just about the running, the race, all, all that it is now wasn't what it was back then. And so they just saw, yeah, it. They saw it as very simple. Like, I just raced to see where I was at pace wise. Like, I wasn't really trying to, like, do yeah. anything else. Yeah. Very interesting. It wasn't about anything else but running. Yeah. And he's the whole reason that I thought about getting into running. And because I just wanted to to see what he saw in it. And he, um, thankfully, he had a running journal. So he used to journal a lot. Oh, awesome. And when he died, yeah, I got his running journal. And he's got all of these entries in there from the 80s. Oh, man. Of like, how sweet. You know, when it, like when he ran and where he ran and how much he ran and the thoughts and feelings when he ran and all of this stuff. And I just, I just love it. Like, I, I hold on to it so deeply. And I strive to be like him as a runner. That's and so cool. I guess you could say he's my running hero because that's who I want to be like. All right. Well, your final question, and we'll, we'll have to say goodbye, would be if you had to pick another sport other than running that you would do and be as passionate about, what would it be? Oof. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was a yoga instructor oh, yeah, for a long I time. you said that. Yeah. Yeah, so if I were to get to a place where I want to push myself, um, that's hard because I don't know if there's another sport. Like, everything else is just kind of hobbies. Like, But if I were to push myself and get better and actually, like, put time and effort into really becoming the best person I could be in something, then it would have to be yoga just because that's, like, Yeah, I suck at a, yoga. I suck at yoga so bad. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it I'm a hot for mess. the physical. Yeah, the, for the physicality of it, like where you can push yourself. And then I also love it for the compliment that it is to a good running program. Oh, they always say that. They say you should, you should do yoga if you're a runner. Absolutely. I just, I, I get into it for like a couple weeks and then I'm like, I fart out on it and I can't get back into it. And I, I'm like, I'm weak. I can't hold myself up. I'm not flexible. So maybe that'll be my 2020 goal would be to like get that, finally get that yoga piece, you know, as a permanent part of my workout schedule. It is. It's good. It's it's vital to keep yourself from being not, you know, not getting injured. Yeah. It also kind of, um, you know, it centers you, uh, like literally it's very relaxing. centers you. But it also it relaxes you. It stretches you. Um, if you don't like it, you're doing it. You're you're doing the wrong yoga program. So <laughs> find something else okay. to do. I'll you definitely know? do that. And just do it. 
yeah, do it for like five minutes a day. Don't do these 45-minute hour-long sessions. Like, just The basics. Yeah, just the basic practice, they call it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending this hour with me talking about all things running and Brokemans and the Woodles and all that cool stuff. Um, I could talk about it all day long. I know. That's that's why I started this podcast, because I'm like, I have questions for people that I want everyone to know the answers to. So here I am. Um, You can be reached where on Instagram? So everything's under Broke Man's Running. So okay. if you go to Instagram, it's at Broke Man's Running. If okay. you hashtag it, it's it's hashtag Broke Man's Running. And then on on Facebook, it's Broke Man's Running Company, I think, or just Broke Man's Running. If you look at the name, it's Broke Man's Running Co. And but if you go to Facebook, it's Facebook dot com slash Broke Man's. All right, thank you. And so then the much. website is Broke Man's too. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the gram. Of course. Yes, thank you. Bye.